every single day, millions of people send and receive text messages. Each and every day, people read novels, watch movies, stream their favorite shows. And in each of those mediums, people discuss their own interpretations of all the text messages, movies, novels, and shows. Whether it's someone attempting to discern the tone of an email sent by their manager, wanting to know if it sounds as though they're upset with their performance, or whether it's someone arguing the character arc of a beloved protagonist of their favorite show. Interpretations of art and entertainment can be subjected to so many different interpretations. But what about mediums that are meant to be truthful or honest, like say the news or an article describing the state of the economy? But how about this? What if the medium is attempting to communicate a much deeper and authoritative truth such as one of the three major religions in the world. How can we come to honest interpretations of such text that may be intended for audiences of long ago, as well as truths that are meant to supersede cultures and eras? This was my motive for a new series I'd like to introduce to you, Verse for Verse. In this series, I teamed up with several different teachers and collaborators that include diligent and trustworthy brothers that, like you and I, labor to attempt to understand what exactly the Bible is communicating to us, whether it's in a historical context or a more prescriptive one. My aim is to get people to be able to practice honest interpretations rather than projecting their own thoughts and biases or even prejudices into the text. Join me as today, teacher, and if I may, good friend and brother of mine, Randy Ortiz prefaced the importance of honest interpretations of the Bible. After all, so many have twisted its verses for hate and even murder. So it's imperative that we learn to read and interpret honestly. This is Verse for Verse, only on the pushback. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Pushback. Um, today's a very, very special episode. Uh, this is a bit of a transition, or rather, uh, more of an extension, I should say. Uh, if For those of you that have listened to the first eight episodes of The Pushback, those the interview uh, conversation style, that is going to continue. I, I fully plan on adding and uploading uh, additional conversations with people of different backgrounds, of different expertise and specialists. You know, uh, some may continue to be uh, religious, Christian, others may be secular, but nonetheless, uh, my commitment is to provide you guys with real organic um, and hopefully fruitful conversations. Uh, for those of you that may not have seen the advertising and the marketing on the Pushback's uh, social media page on Instagram, uh, at the Pushback podcast on on instagram i plan on essentially being able to really facilitate um and really promote biblical literacy and as you'll hear in this this specific episode that we'll call the preface why i'm doing this so i hope that if you, whether or not you are an avid reader of the bible whether you're embarking in this biblical spiritual journey for the first time, or maybe you don't believe in anything specifically, or you believe something totally different. I want to speak with you 
regardless of where you fall, I want to speak with you. And I want to tell you why I'm doing this. All right. I have here a great friend, uh, uh, a great brother and Dr. Randy. Uh, Randy, um, I know that you are a teacher. You, you, you've taught uh, the youth. Um, you've had your experiences. Won't you uh, uh, introduce yourself uh, to my listeners real quick? Just tell us a little bit about yourself before we move forward. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, my brother, Jay. Um, so basically, I <laughs> a little bit of my background. I grew up in church, but uh, you know, I was one of them people that would go to church and be in season hot, spicy, you know, going in hard for Christ, you know, uh, and then just kind of waver and be on my own sin and live life like that. And, you know, it wasn't until I met my wife that we, um, while we were dating, decided to get serious for, for God. Um, and from there we got married and, you know, God allowed the open doors to be in this church where I am, Calvary Chapel, South Orlando. And I am leading the young adults there. Um, and, the way that we do things in my church and it's, I think the healthiest way because like that, I could never really yeah. be lost in the, in the, in the word is you study the word verse by verse, chapter by yeah. chapter, book yes. by book. So yes. next Sunday we're going through the book of Luke and um, you know, where we left off If we left off in chapter 14. I already know next Sunday is not going to be chapter 15 or halfway through 14. Sure. So um, yeah. So with that being said, I am excited to bring to yeah. you guys uh, the steps of studying the Bible and yes. how to, what what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Amen, amen. And and you know, um, I thought it was extremely important to start with you specifically, Randy, uh, because both you and I we've and and I I dare say the word evolve. Um, you know, our our theology has has been challenged. It's changed we've both learned as well as unlearned and i think that you know throughout the sanctification process i i, I almost dare to say that that's never going to end because we all we're always going to know in part while we're on this side of heaven you know and 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 you know in our pursuit of getting to know christ more becoming more like jesus uh loving people loving the brethren loving the community of god um you know, sometimes what you may be super zealous and and very convicted about could later on turn out to be harmful or in some cases even untrue. And, you know, I, I heard a video earlier today on social media and it was it was a woman. She asked a very thoughtful question and she said, you know, how who has who ultimately has authority over Christianity, because there are believers of Christianity, followers of Jesus that differ when it comes to certain interpretations in terms of like their beliefs. So whether, you know, for and, and again, you know, I, I, I don't want uh, anyone who may not be familiar with Christianity to be uh, left outside the conversation, but I'll use, you know, a couple, you know, examples. There are some Christians who are avid in terms of baptizing children or rather infants, I should say others. And, and mind you, things that may seem very trivial. There's, there's been sharp disputes about because theology 
matters. And I think that her question, it was very thoughtful because for her, she sees the spectrum of belief, the spectrum of, of, of interpretation as a potential um, challenge in the trustworthiness of the Bible. Because if so many people can misinterpret it, if so many people can come away with differing uh, interpretations that could potentially even conflict or even contradict with one another, then how can I trust in the Bible? And I think that questions like that are extremely important because just like, and and, and I remember when I first taught uh, doctrine and we were just talking about hermeneutics and I definitely want you to weigh in, Randy, and I think that you could probably relate. If you have ever had a crush on someone and you guys start texting each other, the way that you scrutinize those texts are extremely surgical because you, what you're really trying to do is get, what is the, what are they communicating and what is their intention? You know, so whether it's, and, and I'm obviously going to, you know, there's no perfect analogy, but whether, you know, like in modern times, like, you know, if a girl texts you hi after you text her, her what's up. Or if you text her hi and then you get hey and a bunch of whys, which one you think? Which one of those texts you think are? Uh, which one sounds a little bit more excited to hear from you? And and it's funny how, yeah, no. whys, right? All them whys, all them whys. It, it it sounds more exciting. And 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 mind you, these are modern Western examples of how text can convey something based on our modern culture based on a bunch of different social aspects. Likewise with the Bible, there are honest ways to interpret it and there are dishonest ways to interpret it. If I come away reading any other piece of literature that seems to fundamentally contradict what the text communicates, then I think it's very easy for us to say, okay, that view does not agree with this piece of literature. And, and, and I think that, you know, when we're talking about profoundly complex things like theology and God and, and divine uh, 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 communication. And, and, and I think Billy Graham said this one day that the reason why God had to become a man to communicate with us is the very, it's, it's, it's very similar to like, if you wanted to communicate to ants, you are, supremely more intelligent your brain is much more complex than an ant and your communication to them will sound nothing more than thunder you know so in humility god revealed himself to us in human flesh and we have over six thousand years you know of and more than 40 authors of different time periods communicating to us in different literary genres and styles, everything from poetry uh, to historical narrative to apocalyptic literature. And, you know, forgive me for my long-winded, you know, introduction, but I, I, I think that it's, it, it's, it's the reason why this is important is because it's important, because an honest interpretation is important, period. Whether you're texting your crush you get what I'm saying? If, if your crush texts you something like, hey, I'm not interested, um, you know, uh, let's just be friends. And then I and then you come away saying, 
I think she's playing hard to get. I think she wants me to show up to her house. There's an honest way to interpret what she said, and there's a dishonest one. one that could even be delusional because you read into it in a way that you wanted to. And that is not any different when it comes to religious texts, when it comes to any other thing. You know, it's why there you may pull up to like some random restaurant and says, hey, no, no boogie boarding. There's a reason why that's there. Somebody somebody read the rules and said, hey, it doesn't say I can't boogie board in this restaurant. And now they had to, you know, accommodate for that. So, you know, the, and, 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 and I know that's a, that's not. Uh, and just to be clear, I am not saying that there are added modifications to the Bible later. That's not what I'm communicating. But point is. Uh, just the importance of being able to uh, honestly interpret the Bible. Randy, why do you, like for you, why do you think this is such an important topic? And because you obviously thought it important enough for you to join me in this journey and for us to promote biblical literacy and you being a teacher, and especially with such a crucial age group, you know what I mean? We're talking about the next generation of potential uh, uh, teachers, pastors, evangelists, and 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 shepherds. Why, why is this important for you specifically? So it's important because when I was growing up in church, I didn't have anyone teach me the word, word for word. Uh, it, it was mostly like Sunday sermons that really hyped you up, encouraged you to go another week. But then by Sunday, the next week, it kind of died down for you. And so, yeah, the pastors would say, read the word and pray. But I didn't even know what that meant because the example was not given at the altar or at the stage. So um, I realized had I had somebody that actually taught me how to read the Bible, uh, yeah. that if I had somebody, it wasn't just reading, oh, and see what the Lord speaks to you and see if whatever you understand, that's what it is. Um, right. We had to talk about that too. <laughs> yeah. And so that that lost me. That lost me for so long, and it almost made me go atheist. Um, wow. Th th there was there was a part of my life that I was so close to losing faith, but I deep 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 inside of me I believed that I knew the truth, but I didn't know why it was the truth. Um, and so I looked at other forms of religion. I looked at Jehovah's Witness. I looked into Buddhism. I looked into um, a little bit of the um, uh, the Indian uh, religions, um, but but not too much, not too much. It was just light. Um, I think Buddhist was the most attractive uh, yeah. uh, at the time, but and even different sects within Christianity. But yeah. ultimately, I realized that when I actually learned to read the Bible and see and, and understand it from for what it says, I realized that I had the truth in my hands the whole time. Um, and so I don't want people to leave uh, the faith of Christianity simply because they don't understand how to read the Bible. And so they think they know what the Bible says because what their pastor told them, but not because they, they, could, they didn't read it for themselves. That's so good. And I, and I think that that... that... <sighs> And I don't want to paint the at least the Western Church all under one brush, but I if we're I think if I had to like and I don't have the statistics on me right now, but I think if I was just gonna you know ballpark it, I would say the number of bad teaching grossly outweighs 
that of honest and good teaching, you know, because if that if, if if that was the if that wasn't the case, then I think Christianity would look radically different today, you know, especially like in the in 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 America, you know, there there are churches, you know, depending on where you live, almost on every block, but we're not changing. We're not that different. There were the caricature of Christians is looking increasingly worse uh, on, on TikTok. I follow this one guy, he's an atheist and he daily invites Christians to join him live and to just have a debate. And he'll have this sort of like a uh, uh, topic Prove to me that God exists. So naturally, I'm curious to see what the, the conversations will be. And and um, it's honestly heartbreaking, the things that I hear. And even though it's like, it's like I, I'll agree with their conclusions. But when it comes to people explaining why they believe what they believe, I'm shocked and really concerned. And I think that you 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 alluded to something extremely important. Like you 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 had this deep faith, but you just didn't know why. Why do you believe? And I and I think that sometimes why you believe something can be just as important as what you believe. You know, if if the reason I, putting your faith in Jesus, right? Jesus being truthful, trustworthy, everything he says he is. But if my reason for placing my faith in something true is, well, my parents raised me as Christian, then you can really argue, is what I have faith or is it a tradition that I've adopted? Is this really a belief that, you know, I have, is this something that I'm following blindly? Was I born again? Did this, did this knowledge change me or was this was this like by default? Because then if my parents would have been a different religion, I would have followed that just as easily, you know? And I'm not saying, you know, and I want to put a disclaimer there. I am not saying that if your family brought you into your faith, that it is somehow invalid. What I'm saying is that as an independent individual, if that is the only thing that is carrying you and you feel like you still don't know Jesus and your life, you get what I'm saying? Like, like, like there are plenty of, you name it. There are plenty of Buddhists, Catholics, Jehovah witnesses that are just that by title, but they're they're It's not the center of their life. It's not something that they're following after, um, I, I think that that's extremely, extremely important. Um, Randy, like for you, when was the first time that you felt like you were actually being taught or learning like, hey, this is this is this is real. And this the, the it's a two part question that and how did you know it was real? Uh First part, it was my brother pulled me apart. Uh, he, he he pulled me uh, when I was in my house with my parents. It was like a family gathering. And he pulled me to the living room area. My mom hated this, by the way. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, yeah. while he pulled me apart, he said, why do you believe what you believe? Literally the same thing that you're saying. Um, 
And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're both Christians. We both, uh, come on, like, we've been, we've been going to church. At this point in time, I had already been dating Hailey's, and I already knew I wanted to serve Christ. But that question never, had. no one has ever asked me that question, especially my brother, who's, who was the one who pretty much has taught me what I know growing right. up. And so I'm like, I, I believe it because the Bible says, is that okay? So he picked a topic. He's like, so what do you believe about salvation? And so um, I had told him, oh, yeah, you could lose it anytime, you know, whatever. So we went into the, the rabbit hole and he's like, pull me verses. And I pulled yeah. verses. Yeah. And he's like, that's not what that says. I'm like, what do you mm -hmm. mean? You're the same. You're the person that pulled these verses and taught me that. And he's like, yeah, I was wrong. That's not what that verse says. Mm. And then I was like, so I'm living a lie. So I'm living a lie because you're the one. <laughs> and when he started uh, the systematic process of knowing how to read the, the Bible, then I realized, oh, shoot. He, he is right that he was wrong and that I am wrong. And it wasn't because he said it. Right. I started looking at other references. I started right. reading other books and I was like, yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah, he is right. And that was the first time. That's good. That's really good. And, and, and it sounds, it's, 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 it's within that same uh, account that you just shared. It was both you expressing a belief, having it challenged, and then also like vetting it for truth, you know, and, 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 this makes me want to ask you something, and, and, and this might be somewhat of a sidebar. There are a lot of Christians, There's and, and, and for those that aren't familiar, I'll, and I'll get into it, there's a popular term going around uh, referred to as deconstruction. And for those that are not familiar, it's, um, it's, it's, it's essentially scrutinizing your belief for truth, um, whether or not you know, this, this belief is something that you've adopted at a young age, or if it was something that whatever, but essentially you're, 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 you're reexamining, you're putting everything back on the drawing board and you're trying to see, Hey, is this true or not? Granted, there's different degrees. Some t people argue that you can take that too far and almost become cynical and then not know if anything is true. Others have actually found strength in this journey what do, what's your opinion on Christians deconstructing their faith, Randy? I know that there's a lot of polarizing opinions out there, but I want to get yours. It's funny that you asked me this um, for two reasons. One, you and me are an example of good deconstruction. Okay, uh, We were both taught things that were not necessarily biblical, but appeared to be. Um, and so when we read... We realized what was wrong. And so we are the fruit of good de deconstruction, healthy deconstruction that get us closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. um, I have a friend that at the time, I mean, he knew the word more than me. He, he is a, um, I, I'm not going to say names, but he is a Christian singer, um, was a Christian singer, um, probably well known here um, to some audiences. And he recently came out as uh, he didn't he doesn't believe in Jesus anymore. Okay. Um, he got to the point of deconstruction, to the point of I just don't like the point of faith became 
uh, he couldn't understand that concept, faith. Like yeah. he, he just got stuck there, and 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 because mm. he couldn't, he didn't have a biblical answer in his mind for faith. He couldn't understand logically faith in a sense. He ne- he needed a, a specific answer. Yeah. Um. He decided to just leave the faith altogether, and I feel like that's the bad deconstruction. Is like when you just get so tangled up in questioning that you that you get answers, but you don't like the answers. Mm. And so you keep asking questions, yeah. um, hoping that you know everything or something. And it just gets very, very uh, confusing to the person. That's, that's, that's really interesting because to me, it's like, how do you even know when to stop? How do you even know? Because it, it's, it's almost like, like walking away from like a familiar neighborhood and just kind of venturing out and seeing what else is out there. It's like, Hey, am I in the right place? And Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that most individuals that even embark in deconstruction, that it's out of a place of, of, you know, of, of, of a real life curiosity. I know, I know for me, and I'll speak on it briefly for me, it was questioning like, Hey, I don't question God. I feel like I've seen and know too much to question the existence of God. Plus, I feel like I already went through that much earlier in life. Um, but for me, it was like, how do I know like, that this stuff that I'm being taught is an accurate representation of who God is? Like it, there was something, there's something that seemed to be missing. And, you know, to kind of circle back to an example that you shared earlier in our conversation where people will say things like, Hey, when you read this line and this line, this is what God is showing me, you know? And for those that are not familiar, like within this uh, expression of, of Christianity, um, there's this belief that as you read that God will enlighten this sort of divine decoded message behind what you're reading. And I used to be both a participant and a believer of that. And, and I think it's one of those things that sound very spiritual, but very much like something could sound like, for instance, I, I could say that, you know what? Eating cheese sounds very vegan because it's not meat, but uh, by definition veganism is not eating something that comes from an animal cheese it can be produced from it so in 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 essence i am not practicing veganism and in that same way because definitions and, and and things can really be defined when i really scrutinize like wait a second this methodology isn't really biblical and it's not really christianity and Though I do believe that God can give us personal revelation in the in the context of like answered prayer or guidance or help, I don't believe that if, if, if you believe that the Bible is his revealed word to us, I don't believe that this is out there. I mean, the book literally says that no scripture is given of private interpretation. It literally says that. It literally says in the book, hey, like, I'm not, this is for everybody. 
you know, uh, uh, just to kind of quote Hebrews chapter one talks about the way that God revealed himself in many different ways to many different people in the past. Uh, and he was specific, you know, obviously to the Jewish people, but now he reveals himself to all of us through his son. So there's this, there's this intention of, of God wanting to speak to everybody, not just, you know, pull you to the corner and say, Hey, look, everybody reads this, but this is really what I mean. That's not at all what God has communicated in his word. That's not what he's intended to do. So for me, it it was like, you know what? Something ain't right with this. So I went back and I was like, let me read this. Let me just see what it says. And, and, you know, going back to the example of like, you know, you talking to your crush or something, you're talking to somebody, you know, sometimes when you just like pause all your thoughts and you check all your thoughts at the door, let me just read this for what it says. Sometimes it, it just brings the biggest clarity because your head is so like, I don't know, especially me, I'm a, I'm a textbook overthinker. So I'll read something. I'm like, dang, but they use this word, but they said that. And, you know, like I'm a very expressive, like, I feel like I'm a strong communicator. My wife is too, but when it comes to text, she's very cut dry. Like I could, I could write a paragraph saying, Hey, look, I love you. You're my soulmate, blah, blah. And she'll be like, love you too. And somebody can interpret that lack of expression for, for, you know, a lack of like, genuine feeling or reciprocity but because i know her that's just how she writes you get what i'm saying and that's what i'm saying like we want people to get to know the author and to not get so caught up with what you think it says what you want the text to say um and we are prone to mistakes even within interpretation you know i mean like like if Picture every single time that you've misunderstood someone else, whether they said it, whether they wrote it, you really think that it is impossible for you to misinterpret something that God has said in his word. Like this is why we need community. This is why we need teachers. This is why we need to read the same. You know, the Bible's not a novel where once you finish reading it, you're done, you know? So what can we do, Randy? What can we do to make sure that what we're reading, that we interpret it honestly like what would be some some helpful tips that you think you could share with with us yeah sure so um first as you're reading uh see what what's the setting okay like Good. you know what's going on in the background okay as, as you read the whole book or as you, you read the chapter what do you notice were they at war were they not at war um or was it the jewish people was it the gentiles was you know were they greeks were they not greeks and you could you could tell by um, even even some of the places that they mention, like Athens. Like if you say if you hear Athens, where where do you think that would be? You know, somewhere in I, I don't know exactly. Sure. You know? Um, I could Google that. If anything, you know, we have Google. So guess what? In this world of knowledge, if you find something that you don't quite know, type it. Right. Um, and so it, it gives you background information. Ask who is who is the author. Who was the person writing this letter? What yeah. is the point of this letter? To, yeah. to who is he speaking to? Um, and once you figure out 
you know, the background. And if you have to do a little bit of homework, great. Do your homework. Um, and once you figure out who wrote it, um, then you get to see the reasonings of, oh, it was for these people. Were they doing something wrong? If so, what? Ask questions, you know, like try to figure out what you're reading. Um, like the same thing if you're reading a text message, okay? Right. Who sent the text message? Who's the receiver? You know, based on the emoji counts that you see, are they angry? Are they not angry? Right. How many dots did they put? Based on that, did you have context on what was said and the emotion behind the message? Yeah. So the same things that we apply when <laughs> when you're single and a girl texts you, you're trying to figure out what the heck she's trying to say because you're freaking right. out she likes you or not. Like when we're reading the word, it's like, okay, let's let's see what was the message trying to convey. And yeah. ultimately, after doing that, after doing the basic, after knowing what is the initial concept that is trying to be spoken um, uh, or, or, is, or is being spoke uh, at the time, then you apply personally. You don't apply personally before you find out what the heck is going on. You right, find out right. what's going on first. Once you find out what's going on, then you could apply it to your life personally and you become to um, act um, and you become to live out what you're reading because now you know the context. Now you know what's going on in the, in the, in the, in the words that you're reading. That's good. And, 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 you know, I think it's extremely important what you're saying, because I do think that we naturally um, have this sort of protagonist syndrome where we it's it's about us mm -hmm. whatever you're reading is about us and if you write uh a text to your wife or you just leave her a note right saying hey babe sorry long day today i'll be at the house a little bit late uh but when i get home uh i'm taking you out to eat and we're gonna spend some time together right if i go into your home I take that note and I say, oh, Randy's being really affectionate with me and he's going to take me out to eat. And then you pull up to the house. Wifey's dressed up to the nines. You guys are ready to step out. And so am I. And then we're going to have a very awkward conversation. It's like, hey, bro, I love you, man. But I was really not talking to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 but we tend to do that. We can, we, we, we will, we will uh, put ourselves in the place of, who the Bible or who the author is writing to and automatically prescribe um, what's, what's being written. And I think that that's one of the, one of the biggest tips is like learning the difference between descriptive and prescriptive text is what's being um, written. Is it telling the, the listener or the reader, Hey, do this also or is it just telling you what to do? If, if you know what I mean, if I'm watching a crime documentary, that's obviously descriptive. It's not telling me, hey, this is how you should cover a crime scene. Go and commit these crimes. Like, and I think that it's harder for people to hear that when it comes to the Bible, because who doesn't want to feel like, hey, God is speaking to me? Who doesn't want to feel as though I believe that God is sending me on this mission that he cares about me and all these, all, all, all the suffering that I've been going through. This is his way of, you know, fulfilling his purpose in me. And I, so I can empathize with those that might be 
at a very vulnerable state. But I'm here to tell you that, in, and I, and I love that Randy shared this because it's 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 understanding comes before application. It it has to. It how, you're not going to be able to fully appreciate what's being written, how to take things away from it if you don't really understand who's writing, who are they writing it to. You know, if I just see that empty note that Randy left to his wife, I'm like, okay, um, okay. Like, I have no idea who this is to, but if I get to know them individually, then I have a closer look into the dynamic of their relationship. You know, I can take away that they're affectionate uh, people, that they're devout. They still go on dates even after they're married. Uh, They like to eat together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you can make more honest um observations you know what, what what other tips would you share randy to help people be able to just interpret honestly honestly um before doing all the steps that i mentioned pray that the lord opens your heart um for understanding um and as you do your work uh you know your, your homework um uh, that the lord is just going to be revealing to you you know um the 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 truth behind the text now obviously um, I, I would say the other advice is um, after you think you know what you know your your homework is like like let's say you come to conclusion A right and conclusion A is like I I, th- I think I'm pretty solid that this is what it says that's when then you grab commentaries um, or you grab or you go online or you see what other people have to say on the subject that are um, you know, uh, doing their homework too and, and, and studious and reliable to the text. And if the overwhelming consensus seems to be pointing to that, then you might be on some. Yeah. You're like, okay, okay. I, I, I see that this is, uh, I'm going the, the right track. Cause sometimes I thought I write a, a specific conclusion and I was so wrong because I couldn't find my conclusion anywhere, mm. anywhere. Um, and I was about to start building a doctrine on my understanding, that was not the apostles' doctrine. So, so you just you know don't be afraid to. Um, actually, I would say humble yourself. Okay. Don't be afraid to be wrong, and when you are wrong, be open to correction, because even today, I get corrected, and I'm thankful I am, because mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be stupid enough to believe and I'm always right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Let me ask you something though. Let's let's say, you know, Billy Bob is reading the Bible and he's convinced that he has a a good grasp to what's being communicated. He goes online, he's looking at all these different commentaries. He can't find anybody that even remotely points to his his logic or his interpretation. Does that automatically mean that his interpretation is wrong. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't. Um, it, you know, there are things that there's topics in the church that we've been talking about. Like you mentioned baptism yeah. that we've been talking for the past 2000 years. Um, and again, it, if he, if he lands in a specific conclusion, um, and again, you're like, oh, well, what if no one ever talked about it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't, like, I would say 
I wouldn't dismiss the idea right away, but I would continue to search it um, and and weigh it against other Bible verse. If it contradicts a single other Bible verse, I would already question it. So um, any given conclusion, I, I would see in the totality of the Bible, does it make sense? And does it, does it connect with the themes uh, and to what the word of God collectively speaking? If it, if it dismisses at least one of the one theme, um, love, uh, salvation, anything, uh, Christ deity, anything at all, then I am a hundred percent sure that interpretation is wrong. Mm. Mm. So, okay. So far we have, being able to um, compare to other conclusions, because I do think that that's that's actually a really good uh, way because especially like, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to be a scholar or that only scholars can understand the Bible, but I think those that have more education to the historical background, uh, to the original languages, which is something else I want to touch on uh, briefly. Um, But if all if, if if an entire community can come to like very similar conclusions, then we see that there's some merit to the way that it's being communicated, the text that is, you know, versus like, you know, I remember like in in, in when I would uh um, you know take these exams in high school where it's like all right, you know, everybody. Well, there was be like an, a math equation and I'm like convinced, okay, bet I got this. And then when I look at the multiple choices, like let's say the all multiple choices are like, they're like 10, 15, 20, 21. And I got like 250. I'm like, okay, something's off. Something is, is, is way off because I, I don't know how I got here, <laughs> but I'm convinced that I did this the right way. I'm, I'm convinced that I, I navigated this correctly. So I think it is important to compare it to that. But I love I love what you added to that because I we are avid believers that scripture is the best interpreter of scripture. And with that, there's even paradoxes. And 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 there are people that have attempted to use the Bible to also debunk the Bible. What are some things that you how do you navigate possible like people interpreting like contradictions. Like when people say, here's a famous one that I'm sure that you've heard. The God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are different. And that's why I don't believe or trust the Bible because here's this vengeful, angry God throughout the Old Testament. And now here's Mr. Nice Guy Jesus in the New. How, how, what, and I know, I know that this is just like one example of like one of the challenges or objections to believing in the Bible, but how do you navigate that? Because, you know, someone who may be embarking and wanting to learn about it, we'd love to be able to say that they're never going to face any sort of doubts or challenges, but how, how do you personally navigate through uh, uh, challenging verses or seeming contradictions? Yeah. I mean, even, even to that, like, uh... <laughs> You know when I when I when I hear that, I already know that that person read a portion of scripture, came to a conclusion without reading the rest of it. Um, and even if you did, 
even if you read the whole scripture and you're still coming to that conclusion, I know there's no contextual reading. Because mm -hmm. in the same passage where you're talking about God um, punishing a certain groups of people, yeah. in, the, in that same book, I can still show you where God showed grace and mercy. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, I, that's, you know, I know you threw me that as an example, sure. but, um, just people that want to build contra contradictions. I haven't heard, um, a specific quote unquote contradiction that I'm like, that would make sense because like, it, it just, it, it all seems to be, um, applying a personal belief to a text to prove to counterproof another another portion yeah. um it's, instead of reading it and taking it for what it what, what it says mm -hmm. um it's almost like i don't want to believe it so therefore it must not be that way so therefore i have to um it, it it cannot mean that so i have to add something to it and yeah. when we add personal emotion to the text to we want it to mean something else so bad that we convince ourselves that is contradictory yeah. um, instead of reading that, Hey, this was separate periods of time. Um, this was different, different people saying this to different groups, correcting different problems. It, it, again, I, I, I would say that the person is definitely um, lacking in contextual reading. Now I, I just want to add this. Let's yeah. say, Let's say that there is a passage. There is a passage that does seem contradictory in the, in the surface. Mm -hmm. um, for example, like um, where we see God um, seemingly change his mind towards Moses. Um, sure. Where you're like, oh, well, God did, can change his mind, won't change his mind. There's people that will rest in, in faith and, and God, and they will find out those answers when they get to heaven. And mm. they're okay with that. And I'm like, amen for those people because faith is the first step to follow Jesus. We're not going right. to know everything in this walk. Sure. Now, and then there's some people that, you know, um, that question more, like you and me. Yeah. And so we may not have the answers right away, but we can search for an answer and we may right. not come up for it five, ten years. But that doesn't mean that just because I don't know this one answer, that all of a sudden, therefore, Jesus is not God or Jesus is not real or Jesus or what Jesus that on the cross all of a sudden doesn't make any sense. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't disqualify other aspects of scripture because I don't yet know the answer to something. My bad. I didn't even realize I, I, I muted, but I like what you said so much because I think that sometimes people will come across um, a question and then the question itself will become the evidence. You know I mean, because I don't know how to answer this question, therefore, there probably isn't an answer. So then that must mean that this is false or it's not trustworthy. And, you know, one of the things that I've I've learned about the Bible is that in some respects, it can be very paradoxical. And 
for you know that's an SAT SAT word. All it essentially means is that there seems to be a contradiction, but both sides of the seeming you know contradiction are actually true, you know. Um, and 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 there's a lot of that. And I think because life, I think the Bible is very black and white in some respects, but I think sometimes life can be gray, you know. Um, and I think the Bible sometimes offers more than one solution for the same problem. For example, in Proverbs, there are two verses that will that straight up cut dry say the exact opposite from each other. And that is, you know, answer a fool lest he think of himself wise in his own mind. Do not answer a fool. You get what I'm saying? Like it will literally tell you like, hey, when somebody's acting a fool, don't answer them. And then literally a verse right after will say, hey, you know what? So that that person doesn't think of themselves like this wise person, don't answer them. Okay, so then somebody could read that at face value and say, see, the Bible's untrustworthy because it contradicts itself. But I think that that's actually a beautiful example of us entering like different contexts in life, that there are some times where you may have to answer a fool so that maybe like there's there's a surrounding audience that it could possibly influence in a negative way maybe other times it's it's the much wiser more constructive more fruitful thing to ignore a foolish comment or question and i think that that if i'm going to be honest i i think that there are some very thoughtful unbelieving individuals there's some very thoughtful atheists out there but i feel like there's also some very lazy thinkers that they'll come across one thing that they don't understand, all oh, then none of it must be true. And I and I respect the intellectual honesty that Mark Twain once said in saying that it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that frustrate me. It's the parts that I do understand that frustrate me. And I respect that because the Bible confronts your biases, your prejudices, and your human nature head on. Jesus says things like, love your enemy, bless those that curse you. That is enough to anger anybody that's been offended or deeply hurt by somebody or even has anybody in their life to even truly consider an enemy. That is really offensive. That's extremely offensive. I understand that. I don't have to go to seminary school to understand that Jesus is essentially challenging me to love my enemies the same way that he's loved me when I was his enemy, when I was a sinful man, when I was in rebellion, when I rejected him as Lord, you know, and, and, and he's prescribing to me something that he himself has also done. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's honestly so many different reasons why we can talk about the importance of this, uh, you know, Randy, in terms of like why biblical literacy is so important. What would be for you as as we close out? What's one of the best pieces of advice that you ever received when it comes to like reading the Bible? Uh, it's funny. I, I I just received one of the best pieces of advice uh, last weekend. Yeah. Um, and it was as you read a chapter of the Bible. After reading it, write one sentence summary of what you read. Um, and that one sentence summary is going to serve as a marker for yourself to kind of look back and be like, oh, I remember that part of scripture. 
Damn. Oh, I rem I remember who who said that. I I I kind of remember where I flipped the page to as I read that, or or you know things like that. And so the more you reflect on what you're reading and you're writing it down, you're connecting with the passage. It's good. And so um, you you are now you are now involved in the words. So you are paying closer attention to the audience. Yeah. You're you're naturally just paying closer attention like if you're from third uh you know either 30,000 foot above or now walking amongst the the the, the people within the passage right. you're now more vividly seeing it because you're um you're not you're not just reading to read it now you're reading to understand and so there is an active process going on in your brain to reflect on what you read um and so as you read through the whole bible you might not remember everything you read yeah. But you might connect with that one sentence. Right. Um, and so if you keep this journal, you're like, oh, my gosh, like and, and you read things are just going to start clicking. That's good. And over the course of your life, maybe let's say even five years. Yeah. You know, you. Oh, yeah, that was said in uh, Hebrews chapter three. I, I can't right. remember the verse, but I remember it was in that chapter. Sure. You know, you remember how you interpret it. You remember like. Yeah, that's good. in your own words because yeah. sometimes when you talk to a friend, it, it clicks things because you said it in your own words. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but you're not saying something new; you're just reflecting what was in the on the on the chapters. You're that's not good. adding to it; you're just writing it down as it made sense, but not what you understood from it. But the you're just summarizing literally what it says you're not really you're not good. trying to 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 think about how do i do um what does this mean for my life right now how can i apply this in my life that's not what you're writing you're simply writing down a summary of the text mm -hmm. you know that's really good man I, I i like that a lot because you're journaling your thoughts and i feel like you also get this cool like uh time capsule of like your growth and like how you've understood uh, the Bible. And I think that that's, that's great no matter what part of your journey you're on, whether you're a novice, whether, you know, you, you're a more seasoned uh, believer for lack of a better term. But um, I really pray that when you guys listen to the verse for verse uh, episodes and the way that it's going to be strunk, uh, structured uh, myself and Randy, we're actually going to be reading through the book of Jude. And for those of you that are not familiar, this is a, a, a one chapter book, but it is extremely powerful and puts a, 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 an important amount of emphasis on, on the dangers and the warnings of false teaching and false teachers. Um, I will be having other, other, other passages, other chapters uh, read with different collaborators uh, but I'm doing this so that we can really um, normalize inter like honest interpretation of the Bible, because I, I, I've known individuals that have interpreted things to their own death. Um, I've, I've known individuals that have interpreted the, their ways into their own, uh, the way that they shipwrecked their faith. You know, and, and and it's really, really unfortunate. Um, there, and honestly, I, I, just look at history. The KKK has misinterpreted over 10,000 verses to justify some of their most heinous acts. So I think that it's 
extremely important. And, I, and I'm not being an alarmist when I say you need to understand your Bible. You need to be able to interpret honestly. Um, it affects everybody around you. Uh, we don't need more character caricatures of Christianity who don't know what they believe or why they believe it. You know, if the Holy Spirit inspired, oh, you know, these 40 authors over the span of 60,000 years, it's not so you could come up with your own thing. Respectfully. Yeah, you know I mean, so, uh, Randy, I appreciate you uh, joining me and uh, in, in, in explaining this importance. I look, very much look forward uh, to us collaborating, um, you know, on this. Anything else, anything you want to say uh, to the people before we, uh, we, we, we close out here? No, I, honestly, I just want to say that um, if you think you are convinced of what you believe in, um, just uh, I would challenge you to verbalize that. Say that out loud to yourself. Hear yourself out and ask yourself, do you truly believe what you just said? Mm. Um, there's no better challenge than to hear out what you think you believe. Um, and there's, it's not worth holding a belief system that you, you only received through, because you were raised in it. If right. just make sure that whatever you believe in, <laughs> um, you, you really are able to back it up. And so me and Jay are convinced of the word of God. We're convinced yeah. of Jesus Christ being King and what he did on the cross, uh, the, the washing of our sins through his blood. We're convinced of all of that. Uh, we're convinced that he's sitting on the throne right now and um, and we're brothers. So just ask yourself, how can two people from vastly different backgrounds and some similarities in their faith manage to come together in the to the to the same the same understanding in the word, regardless that one is in Florida, one is in Maryland. Right. How we're not just playing games here. We right. we want to lead you guys to the right way. Um, and, and, and show you that same process with these episodes. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that, brother. And what, what Will said, um, there is a universality to truth. You know, whether you're reading it in one part of the country or another, or in a totally different land, there there are certain, there is universal truth and there is absolute truth. You know, and, and, and our prayer is that we all come to know uh, that truth that is in Christ Jesus. So tune in. Uh, verse for verse brand new iteration that will be in addition uh, to the uh, conventional interview conversation styles such as this one uh, on the pushback podcast if you haven't subscribed uh, liked or shared be sure to do that and if this has been a blessing to you at any at any point to any degree please feel free to leave a review that really helps the algorithm and uh, allows others who may be looking for something like this for them to be able to find it um, so yeah if you haven't done all that it'll cost you no paper and if you don't do all that then you just another hater so yeah man much blessings uh, talk to you guys real soon